0: And Maggie, an hour away, less than 60 minutes away from vacation for Maggie Gray. Well-deserved. She works all the time, so she gets to spend uh, time lake house in Michigan uh, for the next week. So that'll be a good time.
1: You know, um, like, Jack, <laughs> when Jack Nicholson played the Joker, yes. you know, and he's got that smile just yes. on permanently oh, on his face... It's a little like me. This right is the now. best time right yeah.
0: now. This <laughs> is the best time.
1: Although I'm going to really savor this last hour most. I, I, I really want to savor these last, uh, you know, 60 minutes. Of the
0: yeah, no question. And right now we're going to hit the guest line and we'll kick off this hour in style. Let's welcome board uh, Jason Cole. Uh, does a great job covering the National Football League Bleacher Report. Jason,
2: good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Although that's a lie, man. You, you want like running clock. You want. Like, yeah,
1: right. Jason, you're went, actually taking like, us anything, up to ten.
2: Anything that could go faster? Hey, can we play old clips of me from you know a couple of years ago? Yeah. Don't <laughs> <know the> difference. <laughs> exactly you know, the right, Jason. Far. You got it. Unveil
1: yeah. some old yeah. takes. I got some. I got some really hot Pete Rose takes for you if you Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: There you go. Let's throw, let's throw that stuff out there. Um, I'm in the car. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Jason, let's. Uh, Maggie and I we
0: we talked about last segment. Uh, Kaepernick um, it was a huge storyline. Continues to be one um, here. Uh, do you think? Colin, Baltimore being the latest team. Flacco commenting on it. Harbaugh commenting on it. What about uh, what about Colin Kaepernick? Uh, if and when he gets a job in the NFL. Well,
2: I think at this point, if you're, I mean, look, there's no more. There's no situation that is more perfect for Colin Kaepernick than Baltimore in that you got Greg Roman there who coached him when he was in San Francisco. You have John Harbaugh, obviously, you know, Jim Harbaugh's brother. So they talk, they talk. And I think you have a front office between Ozzie Newsom and, and Steve Bishotti, the owner, that they're not afraid to do what they think is in the best interests of the football team to win. And they're not going to sit there and be uh, intimidated by a few fans who make a big stink about this and they're going to say look we all know that you want us to win at the end of the day that that's more important so if we need to get the guy we're going to go get it go get him the other thing in all this is the backup is ryan mallet have you ever seen ryan mallet really play <laughs> no right College. so he can't um you got a guy who has has the ability to play and people I think people as they get closer to the season and they see their backups and they see how how fragile their back backups are all of a sudden all those GMs and coaches who were so gutsy saying oh no we we don't need him; we can get through it with without that guy they're going to sit there and go get me a better guy because if I got to play four or five games with my backup quarterback I need that dude you know he at least knows how to play. He's not a great player, okay? And and part of the problem with Kaepernick is always he's not such a great player that people want to pay to see him no matter what he says. He's not Muhammad Ali, where he could say whatever he wanted, and people are like, okay, I'm still buying a ticket. Um, He's not that. Uh, But he is better than uh, a vast number of backup quarterbacks in this league, and he may even be better than some starters in this league.
1: We're talking with Jason Cole from Bleacher Report, and, you know, Jason, I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe enough time has passed now. And I know people were very outraged, and people took it very personally that Colin Kaepernick took a knee uh, during the national anthem, but since then, he really has backed up his words with activism. He hasn't been perfect, but nobody is. He hasn't been the perfect spokesman, but he has backed up his words with a lot of money and not donating his time, money, all of that stuff. And I just feel like maybe enough time has passed where perhaps the reaction when a team signs him is not going to be this crazy vitriol that perhaps we thought it was.
2: Well, eventually things you know calm down and people people do shut up. The problem with Kaepernick is not so much that he took a knee because other players took knees and, and survived it just fine you know Brandon Marshall, the linebacker from Denver. And uh, you know Antoine Bethea and a number of other guys, and and they didn't have the blowback on this one. The problem with Kaepernick, and, and I have a problem with this too, is you know wear, wearing the piggy socks, you know, to mock police, and then doing the whole comparison between fl- slave catchers and the police, which he did. I don't know, was that a month ago? And you know, inciting a lot of vitriol. And look, I think those things are stupid. Okay. And, but I also think, like, you're allowed in this country to say some stupid things. Um, now, you can't say hate speech, and, I, you know, some people will argue that it is. I, I, I don't quite go that far. But in this country, you're allowed to say some stupid things, and you're allowed to, you know, protest um, peacefully in, in this country, and, and, you know, peacefully assemble, and all those other things that are that are. are so unique and make our country great. Uh, but he crossed the line into into some juvenile behavior, um, you know, and immature behavior and not thinking, because, look, you need to have police to run the society properly. And that's where he lost a lot of people. Like, that's the one thing when I'm on Twitter and people bring up Kaepernick or I bring up Kaepernick, they, you know, they get to the piggy socks and they get to the slave catcher stuff and how he insults the cops and the outrage that comes with that, I think there—it's not so much about. I mean, everybody talks about the anthem protest, but he inflamed people even more with the behavior afterwards.
1: Yeah, and just to, to play—I mean, not devil's advocate, but he did apologize for the socks. Said nobody is perfect, you know, when it comes to being. Right, on then this he
2: comes com- back. With, with the tweet, with
1: I get that, but there also is a side of the money that he's donated. I mean, the conversations that he has had with police, the Know Your Rights camp. I mean, I understand that, like, th- those things were very much, uh, they were very public and ob- meant to be, the tweet, obviously, but he has done a lot of great things also. You know, people are complicated, right? And nobody's the perfect messenger. Yeah. Right, right. I just want to, right, you know, there's two sides. Right,
2: it. No, absolutely, and that's why, like... I at the end of the day, he. I hopefully he doesn't not have a job because of the protests. I mean, hopefully he gets a job, and, yeah. and because he deserves, he has the ability to play, and we shouldn't hold these other things against him. Just like we, you know, Rush Limbaugh still has a job.
0: Yeah, right. no, he does. Uh, yeah. Jason Cole, uh, join us, Bleacher <laughs> Report. All right, Jason, let's run around. Let's transition away from Kaepernick. Uh, Let's go down to Dallas. Uh, You know, concern about Elliott, uh, potential there, suspension, and and now Prescott, Romo not looking over his shoulder. Um, You know, this is his team coming off what was an amazing rookie
2: campaign. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that Elliott, at worst, is going to get a couple of games because if there was video on this one, I assume we would have already seen it or the police would have – Found it already. I'm mean, like, you know, unless TMZ's waiting in the background, to, and I can't believe that TMZ would be waiting in the background to to produce video. Although, uh, you know, who knows? But unless there's video evidence of this, I think they're going to have a hard time doing anything to Ezekiel Elliott in this case more than say a game or two. And you know, the whole problem with Ray Rice is that they gave him two games, and then you saw the video evidence. They didn't, you know, they didn't work hard enough to to get it it appears that they've worked really really hard to try and find whatever evidence might be out there and and so maybe it's just going to be a letter maybe it's just maybe it's going to be a game or two but i don't see that they're going to do something like four or six games uh you know to start the season so that's if that's the worst case i think that dallas has enough to get through it with mcfadden and alfred morris uh, back, you know, backing him up. I mean, obviously, Darren McFadden had a really good season two years ago in otherwise tragic tragic circumstances. You know, no Romo, you know, no Des Bryant to take pressure off him. He still produced over a thousand yards and I think five yards a carry. So he was pretty effective. He's not Ezekiel Elliott, but he was pretty darn effective. So I think they can get through these couple of games. But they're, you know, their first month, that's a brutal schedule. I mean, just a brutal schedule. So, you know, they could, they could get off to a rough start. What I'm more concerned about with Dallas, and you talk about Prescott, you know, what happens when that team is playing from behind, not only in games, if things are, you know, high-scoring games, and which you're asking so much out of Dak Prescott, but what happens if they get off to a 2-3 and three start, and then all of a sudden it may not be Dak's fault. It may be because their, their pass defense is so terrible. But everybody's looking at Dak and going, hey, dude, You're supposed to be taking Romo's place. What's going on? And that, I want to see how he reacts to that.
1: Yeah, we should mention the Cowboys schedule. They open up the season against the Giants, then at Broncos and at Cardinals, and that's their September before they get a little relief and get to play the Rams on October 1st. Um, Let's stick in the NFC East because, obviously, you know, we're here in New York, but I think this really is a national story because uh, the attention that Odo Beckham Jr. gets for being one of the faces of the league and one of the most popular players Jason Moose and I really didn't care that he said he wanted to be the highest paid players. Moose said before, everyone's got to have goals, right? And listen, you only have so much leverage as an NFL player. You know, I think that the, you know, calling Odell Beckham a distraction, I think it is really overblown. Um, But we're curious to get your thoughts on it.
2: Uh, Look, I want to be the highest paid sports writer in the history. Yeah, there you go, Jason. There you go. Uh, Uh, It's quite a threshold. You two, you guys want to be the highest paid radio host. That's it. Right. Yeah, and you guys can fight over which one gets the the dollar more.
1: Right? I'd be taking a private jet to Michigan, not the uh, you know.
2: Uh, Jason, yeah. Maggie can have the extra dollar. She got oh, the extra dollar, you. right? So and they say women like, people, can't get ahead, right? So people are motivated by money. I, everybody always wants to get paid more money. They think, they everybody thinks they're worth more. So that 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 comment doesn't bother me. It's not going to happen. You know, he's not getting paid more than the quarterbacks, but. Certainly, I, I I don't mind the goal, and I, you know, look, Odell's a little out there. I, he wants to be a rock star. I mean, he wants to be hanging out with the what is it, Iggy Azalea? Which one was he dating? You know, with which, whichever one he was dating for a little while, he wants to be in L.A. You know, he wants to be seen on on campus by students and have all these guys, which which happened again, you know, have everybody screaming around him and. And in fact, look, he's good for the NFL because the NFL has a problem right now in the 18 to 34 age group. And the the ratings are, you know, when they examine it, it's a little rough. And the, part of the reason why is that they're so sterile with the personalities. Whereas the NBA, the NBA just allows their players to be who they are. Yeah. And so the NFL always needs to remember one thing, that, the history of this league is built on individuals who were great draws, whether that was Rick Grange way back in 1925, who most of your audience has probably never heard of, or whether it was Joe Namath in the 1960s that the NFL and the AFL fought over okay, and eventually caused the merger and you know was such a big personality that even though he had sort of a odd career, he still was a Hall of Famer. Whether it's guys like that or whether it's Odell Beckham Jr. now, You've got to have people that the audience wants to see. Because, again, this game, you know, the, the teams are great and the game itself is great, but you have to have personalities. You have to have people that the fans want to see.
0: Hence, bring back the end zone celebrations.
2: But, well, I mean, it's all, it's all part and parcel because that's yep. what Odell's about. I mean, I, you know, when he takes his helmet off, like the whole thing about him taking his helmet off, like they, they need to get rid of that penalty because that – at least player at least fans see him his face when he does that, and yeah. we don't see enough of players' faces, and especially guys who have a unique look like Odell does. yeah so and, so you gotta have, you got to have a guy like Odell and allow him to roam free.
1: You know what's so funny? It's like you, I know a lot of people might never get this opportunity, but if you're ever a radio row at the Super Bowl, you'll be shocked about how many football players are walking around, and you're like, people will come up to you and say, "Who is that?" Yeah, and you're right. like
2: that's exactly. It's crazy how problem. you
1: you think you actually know what these guys look like, and then it's I don't know. You just find that happens quite a bit. We're talking with Jason Cole. Uh, Jason, just another one quickly that we uh, had talked about earlier in the show was about the Pittsburgh Steelers about Lavyan Bell. What I was surprised about was actually that Antonio Brown would would basically be applying pressure publicly. For Le'Veon Bell to report to camp, Antonio Brown doesn't ever know what it's like to play on a one-year deal. You know, Antonio Brown's making $17 million a year. Great for him. That's awesome. But, I, I mean, that doesn't mean that and Bell should then acquiesce and sign a franchise tender. And, you know, this is going to be a really good team this year, we think. Um, how do you think this is going to end up ending in Pittsburgh, and what do you think is going to happen with Bell?
2: Well, it's never good when another player puts pressure on a guy to show up.
1: Yeah, I thought that's like guys. an unwritten rule that they, that they don't do that to each other.
2: Right, because then you're seeing us take management side on it and all those things. So I remember years ago, Javon Walker, you know, when he was in Green Bay, was holding out for a contract. And Brett Favre said, well, he needs to be in here and this and that. And it caused a big rift between Javon Walker and Brett Favre. Now, it didn't, you know, it didn't cause a big long-term problem because Javon eventually left on um, his free agent contract, and he wasn't that kind of guy. But Le'Veon Bell is not scared to say what's on his mind, and he's not scared to hold out in the situation. And you're right, Antonio got his money. You know, if Antonio got his, then Le'Veon, he should say, I understand. Le'Veon's fighting for, fighting for his money. The only problem with Le'Veon is you, they can't do anything. Like, they. The time has already passed for you to get a long-term deal, so holding out is just a matter of being spiteful and saying, "Look, I'm I'm going to keep myself out of here," and that there's only downside with that. You can really only hurt your team in that situation by causing a disruption. You know, so I don't know what Le'Veon's attempting to accomplish by holding out right now and missing training camp, and maybe he's saving his body, but they weren't going to like, it's not like Le'Veon Bell was going to play in either of the first two games of preseason. So, yeah. you know, so I think there's something to be said for uh, look dude in the circumstances, you should just show up and be part of the team. Um, you, there, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing for you to do here. You know, there's no long-term contract waiting for you to hold out. You're just being spiteful. Um, but at the same time, look, he's making a point so that when they get a chance to do this long-term deal again, uh, maybe they will get, maybe they'll get the message even stronger and ultimately pay him what he wants. I don't think that's happening.
0: Jason Cole, Bleacher Report. Jason, we appreciate a couple minutes this morning. Have yourself a great Saturday, good weekend, and we'll do it again soon.
2: No problem, man. Tom, Maggie, enjoy the vacation.
0: Thank you, Jason. There I you will. go. Absolutely, <laughs> as the clock is ticking. I know to the Gray family <laughs> vacation.